This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Savor Protection of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have a classic episode for you about latkes. Yes, because uh, as Lauren and I discussed at length, because this can be a bit of a stressful time for us, uh-huh. uh, for a lot of people, not just us, uh-huh. uh, we are entering the holidays. Uh, and that means Hanukkah is coming up. Yes. Yes. I, oh man, I think the first night might be Sunday as we record this. Uh, it's, it's a distinct possibility. (laughs) Well, who knows when people are listening, Lauren? Oh, well there, see a good point and a point that we bring up in this episode. We first recorded this episode in December of 2018. Um, yeah, I know. And I no. still haven't had any latkes. I still haven't made you any latkes. Oh, well, I then it's your fault. <laughs> you, I promised you in this episode so earnestly. And this mm-hmm. might actually be the episode where the idea of the bizarre compilation of foods that we need to try came into being. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's like four years in the making. Yeah, dude. Well, that's why it's gotten so out of hand is because the list keeps getting longer. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do, clearly. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. One one thing. So I was like Googling Latka news just in case mm. there was anything shocking that had come up. And, and, and one headline that I saw did suggest doing them in an air fryer. And Ooh. I think that the whole air fryer thing had not really happened yet by 2018. Mm-hmm. So that so that's news. That's that's a new uh, uh, technology to report on. Um, I haven't done this, but if anyone has air fried a latka, let me know how it goes. Yes, <laughs> yes, because uh, I need to try some, and Lauren needs to make some. <laughs> so 
<laughs> the air fryer way is the way to go. Because you know we get a little nervous around oil and hot oil specifically. Yeah. And that is like the whole thematic thing. But uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm like dubious that it will be mm. like a real latka. Uh, uh, mm. But, you know, I don't know. You're open-minded. I am. Yeah. You have strong opinions, <laughs> but still. It's still a fried potato at the end of the day, so. It's true, which is very comforting during these cooler and, and stressful, <laughs> perhaps stressful times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck. Uh, we're clearly going through it, but um, but we had so much fun doing this, doing this Lodka episode. And so um, let us let former Annie and Lauren take it away. Hello and welcome to Saver. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about latkes. Yes. In classic Saver style. As we record this, we're only a little behind. Hanukkah's only a few days. Over. Over. But probably <laughs> as you're listening to this, it's way at behind. least a week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or we're really early for next year. Oh, hey, see, that's a nice way to look at it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Do you have any latka experience, Annie? Not a one. You've never had a latka? Nope. Oh, I really am the worst Jew. Okay, all right. <laughs> we're going We're going to fix this. I'm going to make you some latkas. Um, I, half of my family is Jewish, my father's side. And although neither my mother or father were practicing anything, we did, um, my mom really liked to cook at home. And so for Hanukkah, we would light the menorah and she would make some latkas. And uh, so I remember growing up going through that process. And uh, But hey, let's talk about... Our question. Let's answer it, in fact. What? Answers? No. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll try. We'll try. We'll try. Latkes. What are they? Well, latkes are a side dish or sometimes a main dish that's recently traditional to serve at Hanukkah dinners. They're fried potato pancakes uh, made usually kind of smallish, like two or three inches across and maybe a quarter to half of an inch thick. The classic recipe is just shredded potatoes bound together with a little egg and flour, seasoned with salt, pepper, and shredded onion, and then pan-fried in oil. And the result is a crispy, creamy, comforting potato patty with these sort of like lace-like browned edges. And they're served with either applesauce or sour cream or both. They sound delicious. They are. I mean, it's fried potatoes. You can't really yeah. go that wrong. Did you do the applesauce and sour cream thing? Yeah, both together because we didn't keep kosher, so we, you know, could have milk and meat in the same meal. Mm. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Okay, we'll, cool. we'll, we'll get back to it in a minute. But yeah, yeah, right. the, the blend of the applesauce and the sour cream is really important to my lifestyle because it adds like the tang and the sweetness from the applesauce and then the creaminess of the sour cream. You have to have like the right ratio at every bite. Oh, you sound like a pro. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's a combination that sounds odd, but I bet it's really good. It's sort of like a low-key apple pie on top of a fried potato. Oh, <laughs> all right. I am in. Um, as far as the word goes, it is derived from Yiddish, but its roots beyond that aren't too clear. Some think it comes from the Greek word meaning little oily thing. There's a couple different theories here. Like like that Greek word in question, um, aladian, comes from olive and could also mean a little oil or a young olive tree. Old Russian picked this word up as oladia and 
I think that's where the concept of the oily thing was cemented because it led to the Ukrainian word oldka, meaning pancake or fritter, and the Russian word latka, meaning pastry or confusingly patch. I don't know. Language is weird. Pastry patch. Pastry patch. Ooh, is that like a cabbage patch but with pastries? Oh, no. I went to a terrifying place. Oh. Have you ever been to the cabbage patch tree? I haven't, y'all. If um, if you have ever gone through rural northern Georgia, it is northern Georgia, yes, right? Yeah, okay, is. yeah, yeah. There is a whole Cabbage Patch like museum. It's a tree. From, from what I hear, it's very upsetting. I don't want to deter anyone, <laughs> but I will say, as a kid, it terrified me and most of my friends. Oh, um, it's like a big tree, a la Rafiki's tree in The Lion King, and there are these cabbages growing with heads in them around the tree. And then while you're in there, you'll hear, like, crying baby coming from the tree, and a nurse will come out and hold out this cabbage patch baby that was just born from the tree. And then she's like, we must name this cabbage patch doll. And someone usually shouts out, Rebecca. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole experience. It stuck with me. I can tell that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I brought it up. It seems it's always like a in very the back of my mind, intense memory, <laughs> waiting to be recalled <laughs> and horrify me once again. Well, <laughs> um, yes. So, at any rate, um, the uh, the first appearance of the word latka in English appears to have been around 1927. Hmm. Now I can't stop thinking about Cabbage Patch Kids, and i got to know more. Maybe we can work it into an episode on cabbage. But that's not what we're talking about today. Not necessarily. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we're talking about latkes and how to make them. Oh, yeah. If you want to make them, it's, it's relatively simple. It's a little bit labor-intensive. The scientific secret, you see, to making crispy latkes, or hash browns for that matter, is to squeeze out as much moisture as possible from the potatoes before you mix them with the other ingredients. You know, like press them between towels or uh, preferably wring out your shredded potatoes in cheesecloth. Because that way, when you put the latkes in the hot oil in the pan— You want your oil to be, like, up around, say, 350 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 177 Celsius. And water boils way below that at, like, 212 Fahrenheit, 100 Celsius, of course. So when you put your latkes in the pan, the water in the potatoes is immediately going to start vaporizing into steam. This creates a barrier on the surface of the latkes, which prevents the oil from browning them. The longer that the latkes sit in the pan, the more oil they'll soak up, making them more soggy than crunchy at the end, not fun. So you squeeze out the excess water so they'll crisp up nice and quick. Oh, yes. This is a very important step that I um, I I won't say I'm lazy, (laughs) but a lot of times I'm pressed for time and I won't do it. Yeah. But it makes a huge difference. Last night I made fried tofu and it was amazing because I squeezed out all the stuff. You squeezed out all the water, yeah. It took the 30 minutes. Oh, man. And like all those cauliflower recipes, cauliflower pizza crust, you got to get the water out of there. You do. Or it's just going to be mush. It will. So, yes. Um, Also, pro tip for frying, cast iron is is always the best to do it, and it holds heat so well. So, um, Because you don't want your oil temperature dropping too much because that's going to, again, prolong the fry. Also, make sure that you don't crowd your pan. Also, it's going to drop the temperature of the oil, lead to a longer frying time. And some cooks recommend using, instead of flour as a binder, a little bit of potato starch and matzo meal in your batter to, to bind 
the mixture together and to keep it crisper. Um, you can even save the water that you squeeze off of your potatoes, let the starch settle to the bottom, pour off the liquid, and add the starch back into your batter. Hey. Latkin numbers. I don't, I don't have any latkin numbers. These were not uh, <laughs> easy to find, surprisingly. Um, but I did want y'all to know that every year, the University of Chicago hosts an academic latka hamantash debate in which notable scientists and scholars present arguments over which food is better. If you don't know what hamantash are, they're triangular cookies that are filled with, like, jam or whatever, they're sweet filling, and they're served at another Jewish holiday purim. Oh. This debate is held the Tuesday before Thanksgiving every year. They serve like a bunch of latkes and hamantaschen. And yeah, they put on like their full academic regalia. Like it is a serious thing. Ooh, I love it. And all kinds of folks come and speak like philosophers, religious historians, linguists, anthropologists, chemists, economists, mathematicians, astrophysicists. Who knew? So much in such a small package. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I'm so tickled by it. Um, there was one of the recent ones was debating which, whether whether the Laka or the Hamantash was better suited for teaching under the new Common Core. Okay. Rules. Uh-huh. I also have an excerpt for you from 1991 from one uh, Hannah Holborn Gray. Her piece was titled, The Latka's Role in the Renaissance. Uh. And, here, <laughs> and here's... Here's a quote for you. Although Machiavelli was a latka man, he has to be analyzed like a hamantash. This, among other things, makes him quite unusual. Machiavelli may never mean what he says, that the external surface hides a different meaning within, that he is a master of deception. That's deep. I know, right? I didn't know he was a latka man. I don't think he was, but, you know. I, I'm not going to say that everything that these people say during these arguments is strictly true and accurate. Oh, don't dash our dreams, Lauren. <laughs> Before they be even began. It's nonetheless extremely entertaining. I, you can look up videos of this from recent years. Anyway, this, <laughs> this brings us to some Latka history. Uh, but first, it brings us to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love 
into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. All right. To understand where the latka comes from and why it's a Hanukkah food, we need to go back to Old Testament times. I would say most of us know the story of the oil that lasted eight days. Uh, Yeah, it goes like this for anyone who's unfamiliar or perhaps needs a refresher. It was the second century BCE. And the small rebel squad led by one Judah the Maccabee drove their religious oppressors from their land and went to then rededicate their temple. But most of the holy oil for their lamps had been desecrated. As miraculous as their victory, one day's worth of oil lasted eight. Hence the lighting. Hence the the lighting of the menorah for eight days. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is one of the reasons that fried food is a part of a lot of Hanukkah foods. The oil thing, yeah. Yeah. Also, it's delicious, I would argue. Yes. (laughs) Um, But latkes have a more specific mention in at least one of the versions of the book of Judith, which wasn't included in Jewish religious texts, but it was a part of the Catholic and some Christian Bibles of Europe. Now, Judith wanted to kill the head of the Assyrian army that was invading her village. Holofernes! There's all of this amazing artwork of Judith super stabbing Holofernes and cutting off his head really hard. There's some great lists of, like, how good all the paintings are on the internet. It's terrific. Look it up. Well, spoiler alert indeed, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Judith, looking to kill this general, got him good and drunk on wine and full with salty cheese, basically nice and sleepy. Um, Oh, and these might have been cheese pancakes. Maybe. Important for this. Uh, And then she cut off his head with his own sword. Yeah, sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I think the statue is probably <laughs> over by now. <laughs> yes. And then one way or the other, depending on which version of the story you read, she showed his head to the Israelites. Maybe she put it on a stick. As uh, you do. You know? And they then were able to launch a surprise attack on the Assyrian army. Or possibly the Assyrian army saw the head and were like, okay. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, they, the army left one way or the other. And Judith kind of became adopted as the sort of hero 
of this story. Yeah. <laughs> also got me in very big trouble once because there is a, a perfect circle song called Judith. And I was young and I didn't realize the religious oh. uh, undertones of it. And as you know, Lauren, I used to have a CD burning business back in my youth. <laughs> and I put that song Judith on a random Annie's mix CD. And it got back to the parent of a friend of mine who thought I was making fun of religion. Oh, um, I got some. Well, my parents didn't care, but oh. he, w- he wouldn't let her attend any of my parties. Oh or man, like that for a while. Oh, harsh. Anyway, that's that's my own burden <laughs> to bear. Um, but back to this this story of Judith. Some historians disagree on the timing, whether this beheading— or Some of the stories, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the tellings of the tale. Right. Uh, whether this beheading took place around the Maccabee Uprising or if the two events took place centuries apart. But the passing down of these stories among Jewish communities cemented the latka, or this, like, cheese pancake thing, mm-hmm. as part of the Hanukkah traditions. Sort of. We'll get back to that. Dairy is also an important part of Hanukkah as well in honor of Judith. And for a long time, that meant that the latke of choice was the cheese latke. Yes. Mm-hmm. Eating foods that were oily, to hearken back to this miracle of the oil, goes back thousands of years. A letter written by a rabbi from the 9th century CE, in it the rabbi urged his whole community to eat oily foods for Hanukkah. He was like, please take this seriously. It's important. And the latke itself comes into the equation a bit later. If we go back to 1268 to 1328 CE, an Italian rabbi, Ben Colonimus, uh, the rabbi had a list of what a perfect Purim feast entailed, and pancakes were on that list. I will say that the story of Esther, which is part of Purim, is also about a lady saving her land by, like, super—by getting a dude drunk and killing him. So— Seems to be a thing. Yeah, so so there's so there's a lot of like parallels in the Judith mm. Esther stories. So there's been some comparisons over time of celebrations involving Judith and involving Esther. Mm. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. <laughs> Jumping ahead to 1492, and the Spanish expelled the Jewish people from Sicily, and a lot of them made their way to northern Italy, and they brought with them their recipes for pancakes made with ricotta cheese. The Jewish community in the area readily adopted them because they combined fried food and dairy. Yeah. Fried ricotta cheese pancakes were the norm for a long time, right up until the 1800s. Poland and the Ukraine experienced a series of crop failures that resulted in a lot of potatoes getting planted by decree of Russian Empress Catherine the Great, who was using it as a way to prevent mass starvation, hopefully. Um, the potatoes were inexpensive and relatively easy to grow, and they grew quickly. Tsar Nicholas I really enforced this rule, and as a result, potatoes became a mainstay in the Eastern European diet. The Jewish population was growing rapidly in the area at the time, too. From 1.6 million Jewish people in the area that is now Russia and Poland in 1825 to over 6 million by 1900. Since people had a lot of potatoes on hand and making a potato latke was easier than making a ricotta latke, people started switching over to the potato latke. 
It also probably helped that potatoes are uh, parva. That is, they can be eaten with either milk or with meat. And this is important because Jewish dietary guidelines called the kosher laws forbid eating milk and meat during the same meal or even cooking and serving them using the same uh, kitchen and dining gear. Serving cheese latkes both means that you're limiting your options for the rest of a meal. You can't have any meat with it. Um, and that you have to use either butter or vegetable oils for frying. Because if you fry a dairy thing with, if you use like schmaltz. Yes. And yeah. And speaking of and schmaltz. And speaking of schmaltz. <laughs> these first potato latkes were fried in chicken fat, a.k.a. schmaltz, and were called potato latkes. But eventually they became so commonplace The potato was dropped, and they just became known as latkes. And as we talked about in our butter episode, uh, folks in Northern Europe didn't have easy access to vegetable oils at the time, like sesame and olive oils had to be imported at a pretty significant expense to get them into Northern Europe. So, yeah, another vote pro-potato. If what you've got to cook in is schmaltz, then cooking Mm -hmm. a potato is better than cooking cheese. Right. And file under episodes for a later date because potato. (laughs) Oh, geez. Yeah. But relevant to this, um, potatoes were actually pretty new to Europe, um, brought back by those who made the journey to the New World in the 1500s. And they weren't really popular at first. They were bitter. I read that the texture was watery. Hmm. Um, But one dude helped popularize them, French scientist Antoine-Augustin Parmentier. He survived almost solely on potatoes during his time as a prisoner in Bavaria. And when he was released, he became the PR person for the potato. He wanted everyone to eat potatoes. And thanks to his efforts, eating potatoes caught on in France and then in the rest of Europe. Huh. Yeah. I feel like if there was something that I was, you know, forced to eat as a prisoner a lot, I wouldn't be like, oh, man, this food. Yeah. I think he was really grateful that he survived the experience. And he thought, like, these things, they sustained me. Oh, that's a lot. That's that's a lot nicer than my initial reaction was. Good for him. He took a, he's a, (laughs) sounds like a glass half full and it's half full of potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) We have even more latka history for you. We do, but first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So as we approached the late 1800s and the early 1900s, Jewish immigrants started bringing latkes with them to the United States. One of the first American Jewish cookbooks, Aunt Babbitt's Cookbook, Foreign and Domestic Recipes for the Household, published in 1889, had a latke recipe. Huh. The American Mercury described latkes as luscious pancakes made of grated raw potatoes mixed with flour and shortening. In 1927. <laughs> Very luscious indeed. Mm-hmm. And then food science came for the latke in the 1930s. <gasps> and Aunt Jemima, the company, came out with a boxed latke mix. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that turned out. <laughs> um, Crisco started pushing to be the oil of choice when making latkes. They had ads specifically saying, like, the only oil for your latkes. Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, 1946 was the first year that that University of Chicago Latka Hamantash debate happened. The campus Hillel House held it because at the time, coming off of World War II, open displays of Jewish culture were apparently discouraged in a lot of academia, and they wanted to just give folks an opportunity to celebrate their culture and, and to poke a little bit of fun at the seriousness of academic life. Sounds like a lot of fun to yes. be had. The Art of Jewish Cooking, which is sort of this famous American Jewish cookbook, came with this quote about potato latkes in 1958, which the wives of the soldiers of the ancient hero Judah Maccabee hurriedly cooked for their men behind the lines. But this isn't precisely true, since there were no potatoes in that region at the time, and I did read so many articles about um, people who grew up thinking when they would have a latke during Hanukkah, that it had, like, this long tradition, and that was exactly what they were eating oh, yeah. <laughs> back then. But uh, it's sort of kind of newish. Yeah. I mean, yes. Way newisher than that. <laughs> Way newisher than that. <laughs> Getting to the real truths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
goodness. And uh, that about wraps up our latke episode. It does. I'm very determined to try one. Fruitcake and latke before the end of the year. We'll, <laughs> we'll have a very strange party. <laughs> But it'll be great. It'll be – well, and also, I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like to really I, – I, I need to do this aged fruitcake thing. Oh, yeah. So it would be like next year when we're eating it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. We can light it on fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that brings us to the end of this classic episode. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed doing it, that it maybe bought you some reprieve. Yeah. <laughs> Some joy. <laughs> and one of the funny things is right before we did this, we were looking up lot canoes, as you said, Lauren. And a lot of it was just recipes, right? Uh-huh. And there was like a kimchi one. There was one from Rachel Ray that you were like, no. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I would love, as always, listeners, if you have any recipes, any tips, any things we should try, that would be fantastic. Oh we do goodness, take yes. it into account, even if we're slow folks. <laughs> yes, we file everything away. We do. We do. Uh, so if you would like to email us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can go to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.